under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. listening to this whole album earlier this morning. Good stuff. This is probably the best track on the album. Uh, probably. Probably. There are, man, well, there are a few others that are good on that album. But uh, this is Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Seven by Prince, if you don't know the song off the Symbol album. I mean, you don't get down with My Name is Prince or uh, The Continental or all his terrible attempts to rap. <laughs> The rapping was bad. <laughs> what song did Prince ever do that was bad? Well, I could actually find you a few. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them were off, but I wouldn't say any of them oh, no. were bad. They no, were, none of they, them were terrible. They all had it. Yeah. But it's just, for some reason, this song captured me, and I just love it. Yeah. I think it's a bass line. Yeah, the bass line's great. It's kind of got a Beatles-esque, like, lush production to it as well. It's your favorite Prince song. Yeah, and, and it's it's just, it's it's one of those weird songs. I mean, it has so many different components to it. Right. That, I mean, it just, it, it grabs you. And also, when this song came out, I had a vehicle with a dynamite sound system in it. And so, I, like, put cans of... Copenhagen on top of my truck. Of course, you did. And, and and watched them bounce. <laughs> and I had a Bronco too. The old square Bronco too. And and it would bounce the can of Copenhagen up and down on the top of the truck because the bass hit so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's also got the treble that that goes with it. And oh, it's a great. Song. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. Is, is that how you met Rowena? It's. No, no, he's already this, told this that is, story before, Seth. Would you like me to tell no, that story? No, I know the story. I was just kidding. No, but let's. Joey let's, only has one hour, <laughs> let's, not let's, three uh, hours. Let's slow down here for a second and introduce the cast of characters again. This is the Joey Clark Radio Hour. You've been hearing me talk to Southern Wood. 84, you might know him by. Others call him Radio Herpes. Radio Herpes. Um, or Clay the Hammer Sharp. Um, we also have Mr. Seth Spotlow. How are you, sir? Good, man. How you doing? I'm great. Come I'm here, great. My and you've got Rose here. Got Rose, Rose has a fascination with the microphone. Hi, Rose. Can you say hi? Hey, Rose. No, you're going to be shy all now? of a sudden? Oh, of a sudden. now you want to not say anything? That's right. Okay. Come on, Rose. Rose, there's bud. no reason to be shy in front of me. You'll learn I'm very unimpressive. <laughs> His shirt matches your necklace. Okay. okay. Well, we tried. Yeah. Who is that guy sitting over there beside hi. Eddie? 
mean, besides. Never mind. How much are you drink today? Is that a pink elephant over there? Thanks for the great introduction. Hello, Eddie Bader. Hey. Thank you for sticking around. Oh, it's always a pleasure. I love coming here. A Friday tradition of sorts. So. Yes. On the uh, the political side of things, the impeachment fight continues. Oh, please. Do you think they're actually going to do it? No. No, it's the classic example of, like, hold me back. Hold right, me you back. Hold and me you're back. not actually Somebody fighting. Somebody please hold me back. <laughs> yeah, hold me back. You're not going to do squat. Hi, Rose. Rose, do you think that the Democrats will actually impeach Donald Trump? <laughs> See, every time I talk to her, folks, she just turns and puts her face in Seth's shoulder. It's yeah. adorable. Rose, did you have a good birthday at Chuck E. Cheese? Tell me how old you are. Did you have a good birthday? Tell me how old What age did you turn? Oh, you're putting up... You turned three? Throwing up fingers. Oh, getting all shy. It's adorable. I heard somebody got a drum set. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Every time she walks in the house, first five minutes, just banging away. That's right, No, it's good. Start early. No, it is shown that if you start your kids early with musical training, it does change their brain in a way where they can respond and learn and understand music in a deeper way. Then say somebody who starts at 12 or somebody like an adult trying to learn piano for the first time. You can as an adult. It's really hard. Just really difficult. And you're never going to be at the same level as a classically trained person who's started at three or four. Just the coordination and all is going to be lacking, yeah. I I might look it up. I've watched it was, I'd seen it before, but I rewatched it recently once I moved into the new apartment, got the speaker system set up. I like to, well, first I put on, like, it's great on YouTube, the Dolby Digital Surround, like, previews, just to test how good I, because I adjusted each speaker to make sure they were at the levels I wanted for the, you know, the surround left, right, and the center speaker, and it sounds so good, like that Dolby sound, like, swirling around you, and anyway, I put on a TED Talk, I can't remember the guy's name, I'll look it up, Um, but he essentially goes through the history of music and what different times and cultures enjoyed. So he said in the 1600s, they would have liked the song to end like this, and he played it on piano. In the 1800s, like this. To our modern ear, we like songs that kind of end in this way. Right. And it's amazing to see the differences, but I want to share one story he told. He said he went to visit his father in an uh, assisted living home, like a nursing home, and he noticed this, like, 90-something-year-old man hobbling on his walker like could the bear the guy could barely move hobbling on his walker towards the piano in sort of the recreation area the guy hobbles over there kind of bends his knees oh i'm old i'm old and my knees are killing me which is in my future you also hear my knees crack when i go into an air squat <laughs> oh yeah um and he sits down yeah what <laughs> tell him Clay. it's his present yeah. tell him Clay. <laughs> You're, you're smirking. Southernwood's smirking just, to me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just saying when you heard when you said knees crack when you go into a squat. Mm-hmm. Hey, put 15 more years Thank on you. you. Oh no, that's right. what I'm saying. Is my future knees are going to yes. crack? That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's already happening at 30. It's going to be bad when I'm. I, get, I, I could make you throw up right, right now if oh, you right. heard me. No, and I, I get you. It's going to get worse. I, it runs in my family. It's just a thing. But. Uh, this guy, terrible knees, again, 90-something years old, goes up to the piano and is, like, trying to play something. He's, like, humming it and badly playing it on the piano. And so this guy, who's a scholar in music, goes, it, he's, like, watching this old man, and then it hit him. That's what this old man is trying to play. It was a Beethoven song, like, just a simple Beethoven piano piece. He's, like, is this okay. what you're trying to play, sir? And he starts playing it. And the guy goes, yes, I remember when I was five years old. 
And they played this at a concert in the park. The oh, senile wow. old man all of a sudden came to life and remembers something from when he was five. So it's amazing. Look at Rose. She's three. And she's acting like a three-year-old at the moment. Um, that's a, that's hilarious. She's essentially riding on a chair, looking at herself looking, in the reflection. Looking exactly the other way. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, what do you plan for, Seth? A lot of uh, what's the music that you share with Chains, us? A lot of uh, Alice and Chains. Nice nails. It's a little different than Beethoven, but fair enough. It's the same thing. All right, sweet. You gotta go potty. Okay, we have to go potty. Okay, go ahead. But uh, everything comes out okay. But the depth of, of of music really hit this guy and hits us all uh, to where music gets shared, certain motifs, certain sounds through the generations, and without us really even being conscious of it. So it took this 90-something-year-old man going 90 years in the past, and all of a sudden the music just makes him come alive. You know, it's, that's it's, the stuff that's incredible. It's funny you say that. You remember Glenn Campbell. Everybody remembers Glenn Campbell. He just passed, I think, last year. Uh, but he he passed basically a complication from Alzheimer's, and when they would talk to him in in this last, especially last year or so, he would openly say, you know, I, I don't really know what's going on day to day. But you'd put a guitar in his hand, and he could sing anything that he's ever sang before, and it's just like he was right. twenty years old again, man. He just started going. And yeah. as as great as that was to watch, it was also just so sad. But exactly. It, but he he could remember all that. I mean, he you could hand him that guitar, and he could just start going just like it was nothing. Well, have you seen the clips of Elvis when he's kind of old and feeble, and like then all of us, and he can barely speak. Yeah, yeah. And yet he'll go down to a piano and sing an old, sing an old gospel hymn, and just and come, just pours right out. There's something about number one. It says something about it, certain parts of the brain, but it's there's also something about music that's so emotional. I remember getting into an argument. It's Friday, by the way. We're going to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. I started the impeachment thing, and then Rose is too adorable. Um, <laughs> but there's something about music, and I got in this argument with a, a teacher back in high school. He's like, clearly. The works of Mozart are better than anything on pop hit ah. radio today. I'm like, no, you're wrong. He's like, no, but technically the music's more complicated and layered and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't mean as much to a lot of the people doing the living and dying today. So, no, I don't think it is better. I, I, there's a difference in that, yes, you want to say it's technically better, but what does it mean to the average man or woman? Well, what does it mean to a critic? And there's a certain moment in time where a certain song grabs you. It's why that you're not allowed to pick your favorite album if somebody asks you if it's you know within a few years, if let alone a few weeks or months of you losing your virginity. It's just not allowed because music uh, comes alive. So I'm going to get to it. I found it. I'll play it after we hit our bottom of the hour break. The one section I was talking about because it's moving. Uh, the guy's name is Michael Tilson Thomas. Um, he is a, a professor, traces the development of classical music through the development of written notation. And his big point is this, because we're not going to be able to play the whole video, is before, when you play something, the music stopped. There's no way to record it. So you'd have to go watch people play something, either play the piano in your living room or you know, play a, you know, a lute or something or a guitar or watch a whole symphony orchestra play. And it would stop, and the only way you could preserve music, and they actually have it going all the way back to ancient Greece, uh, notation. And notation became more and more complex to where you could actually really understand what somebody was doing, like, say, okay. Mozart. They said, what's happened is technology's come around. 
and technology at where you can record things instantly. It's now gone from an incredibly expensive process that you know record studios would have and spend thousands and thousands of dollars recording you know what eight songs for nine songs for old classic rock album it's now you can make incredible music with your iphone and what that's done is that number one people don't have to write it down as much and music music has become much more uh about feeling it's become much more about your emotion and your immediate instinct on what something should be. You don't have to sit there and think about, what am I going to do? Some people do, but most people now think of the stuff that's popular. It's very rhythm-heavy. It's very bass-heavy. It's very emotional. Most popular songs are about love or something like that. And and there's something about, you know, music, uh, there's different things that stimulate our recall. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily our memory. All right, uh, Joey, Eddie... Seth, all y'all, what is two plus two? Four. Four. Okay. All right. So we all know that. Yeah. I mean, that is something that, I mean, that's memory. Memory and and experience. Recall is completely different. When you smell something like freshly cut grass, Mm -hmm. it, it can take you back to a time you're like, oh, I remember. Oh, smell, definitely. When when Daddy was cutting grass. Music is the same way, yeah. and and it's there's something so powerful about music. Mm-hmm. Think about Mel Tillis is the one I come up with. I mean Mel Tillis, he could not even talk. He's right. my second cousin. But you put a guitar in his hand and let him start singing, and it was beautiful. Right. I mean, and when you hear a song. It takes you back. It's just like uh, the song you opened up with. Yeah. Seven. Takes back to it when you first heard it. It takes me back yeah. to, to when I first heard it. Yeah. And the can of Copenhagen bouncing up and down <laughs> on the top of my Bronco. No, seriously. I mean, no, that's I what it does. But that music does that. And and smell does that. It, it, our brains, the crazy thing about the brain, the brain is the only thing that the brain cannot figure out how right. it works. Well, we don't, we're not aware of most of, uh, in many, that's deep, cousin. No, in many cases, you're not aware of most of what not only your body's doing, but you're not aware of what you're thinking. Like, really try to think about, if this is why people meditate or pray or whatever. It, I think it's a good thing, or you journal, so you can kind of go through all these thoughts that rise up off the brain all of a sudden. And it's good to sort of step back and go, okay, who's actually in control oh, here? Oh, definitely. I used to use this. I mean, I was a... a we well, got Grace in it. I was a butthole mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. Shocker. And so when... <laughs> When we played basketball, I would do that. I would I would walk up to the line, and if if you know the opposing team was fouled and the guy was going to shoot, I would make it a point to walk by him, and I would just lean over and I would just kind of nudge him a little bit, and I would ask him one simple question. I said, "Do you breathe in or do you breathe out when you shoot your free throws?" Mm-hmm. Got in his head, Clay. And I would I would walk down, and I would stand there, and I would look at him and like right. do, do my hands up like the question mark. Think about it. And he would look at me and was like, "I I, I don't I don't know." Yep. Right. 
And so it just, it, it, I mean, it made him think about exactly right. what he was doing because you don't ever think about when you're breathing. I mean, you just well, and you just breathe out. and talk. Right. You breathe in or out. And and we mostly, that's a great example, we mostly go through the motion, especially if you, you get into a groove, into a certain pattern of habits that work for you. you make, sure. You're making enough money, you're getting by. might not be like you're the most successful you could be, but it's enough to get by. But I want to apply this to kind of politics, all the stuff we've been leading up to with music. Number one, I hear a lot of people doing this for eight years in talk radio in the political sphere, mostly on the right. I've gotten to where I'm a bit jaded, wouldn't you say, gentlemen? Oh, certainly. Um, and you get wait, wait, you got to a place where you're a bit jaded? Well, I was pretty bad before I, I started. I think you've been jaded for a well, while no. there, Joseph. It's like, to be ooh, able this, to finally admit it. this guy is jaded and cynical. How can we make him more so? <laughs> um, and so eight years of political talk radio will do that. And out of that, I'll get people who don't listen all the time, just aren't living in the area, like family members. And they'll come up with some hot take. Joey, have you heard this? Um, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that man. perspective. I've heard that. And I try to humor people because, you know, it's not good to just say, oh, I know everything. No, I don't. I'll hear people out. Maybe they do have a unique perspective. But I think what I've noticed a lot talking to folks, having done this so much, is that a lot of people don't actually have their own opinion, but they think it is their own opinion. Just and they might believe with it. Agrees with their ideology. Yeah, they agree with it, but are you actually... That's a good point. Do you actually have your own opinion well thought out that you formulated, or are you just parroting something you exactly. heard? And you might not even be able to pinpoint who you're parroting. Right. I mean, I have this too. We're all influenced mm -hmm. by so many things. But yeah. then think about that other point this gentleman made about music, Michael Tilson Thomas. He said his music's progressed, become more reliant on technology, where you can now record incredible songs with your iPhone. You can put down music oh, almost immediately. You don't have to sit back and abstract and really think about what you're going to lay down. Even, say, in the 70s, they really had to work at it. take weeks and weeks, if not months, right. to record just an album. It, yeah. Just to do it correctly, because you got to do the tape. Tape's expensive. It's oh. delicate. It's a very difficult process. Got to marriage the guitar riffs. And, yeah. Now that it's so easy, music's become much more instinctual, intuitive. You just do it. I think the same thing is happening now with our politics. Instead of having to wait on messages in the mail, wait for the newspaper oh, to come in the morning, uh, wait for even the nightly news on one of the th big three channels, you now have all sorts of political information coming your way immediately, 24-7, 365, and anybody can do it. There's no real gatekeeper. Now, some people are better at others, but it's become very... It, it's like the way people are reacting in politics. I think it's the secret of Trump. It's more instinctual. It's more emotional. Mm -hmm. It's more about images and good sound bites now. And I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing, but it is changing us to where we don't step back and think about things abstractly and write like the Federalist Papers or long newspaper articles. Yeah. People are now just kind of reacting. Yeah, and, and one, of, one, of, one of the great things or most enlightening things that, that I've heard in the last probably two, three years, we were uh, uh, we had a, a cookout, a big get-together, and we the, the topic of Trump came up, and that's one one of the guys said, he says, look here. I don't understand all this stuff about politics. I mean, we're talking about a freaking cowboy. Yeah. 
I don't understand all this stuff, but you know what? When that son bitch talks, I understand what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's what it really boils down to. And it is coarse language, and I said that on purpose, but that's what the guy said is the truth. It's related. He's like, I understand what he's saying. I know what he means when he's talking. Right. When he says, go back to where you're supposed to go and come back and tell us how to do how it. How you fixed it. <clears throat> he understands you go fix the problems, you know, in the rest of the world, but you come back to the United States and tell us how to make the greatest country on the face of the planet even better. Well, right? and but think about Got it no from, problem with that. But think about that same tweet from the perspective, and I'm not, this is not a judgment part on me. I'm just trying to understand, say, the other side. I'm definitely, I'm libertarian, but I'm definitely on the right. Because you know, all my friends are right wing for the most part, and it's just. I'm not as worried about the hot-button issues on the left. But think about that tweet Trump sent about you can go back to where you came from and then come back after you fix those problems, tell us how to fix it. If you're somebody on the left and you are constantly focused on forms of bigotry, some overt, some more so the dog whistles or the subtle stuff, um, you're going to see that tweet and immediately go, oh, Hey, you might even be a scholar on racism in the history of the United States and go back to where you came from is a classic xenophobic racist statement. So you're if you're bringing all that baggage to bear on this tweet, you're going to see that and go, well, racist. I'm Not what I thought when I first saw the tweet. I When I saw it, like I said that first day when I saw it, was, it seems a little dumb and incoherent because three of them were born here. What the hell are you talking about, Mr. President? Uh, but... I, I think I can understand more why certain people, I'm not talking about the cynical political players like and it just, Pelosi and whatnot. Just to be clear, he never said where you came from. Right. I'm right. repeating what's been put out there. He right. said, go back, fix your country, come back and teach us how. But in, but that's how polarizing, mm-hmm. whether in, I mean, whether you like him or don't like him, Trump is that polarizing that... If you like him, no matter what he says, when he said, I could shoot somebody on Fifth yeah, Avenue on Fifth Avenue, right. and nobody would leave me, he was 100% right. Well, and take another one that's a little yes. more like uh, another outrage. I just saw it on television. I guess they're revisiting the lawsuit. Uh, the young guy wearing the MAGA hat. Mm-hmm on that field trip with the rest of the yeah. Catholic kids <clears throat> and the, the Native American activist beating his drum. And when you see just the image, like the 10 seconds of the guy beating his drum in the kid's face, that is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. It's a Rorschach test. And so many of our political disagreements are now essentially Rorschach tests. When you see that 10-second clip, when you see that meme, what do you immediately think? Right. And most of the time, it is whatever your instinct, whatever you've trained, been trained or trained yourself to see. Where, I mean, what I try to do is sort of go, uh, I have that I have that response. Don't get me wrong. I see certain things and I have a knee-jerk reaction. But yeah. I try to step back and go, okay, what is actually going on here? Try to take more of a big-picture look to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think this is an effect of technology. I mean, for all the talk of Russia and China and countries using social media, I think what's going on is much deeper than foreign interference or certain politicians 
you know, being effective communicators to the people. I think what's going on is we are so connected now that you don't have room, at least not in traditional media, have these long conversations. It's got to be all the time. Real quick, react. And the players, the big players, understand this. There is also, though, uh, other movement going on with technology. The long-form conversation on podcasts, on different alternative media sites where people are actually sitting down and talking. And I think that's our hope. Because when you sit down in a long-form conversation, you can usually, even if you disagree with somebody on all sorts of issues, understand this isn't an evil person. In fact, we share a lot of values. Right. We just disagree on a practical basis. It's, and it grows understanding and more community. It's so hard to hate somebody that you know. Thank you. I mean, it, yeah. it really yes. is. It really is. I, I can, Eddie can come up here and he can spout off something. And I can say, oh, that stupid SOB, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right. That he doesn't know what he's talking about. But once I get to know Eddie and Susanna and they come to the house and we eat and we break bread together, it's like, I can't say that about him. I mean, they're really right. actually nice people. Right. I don't agree with him, but, you know, they're they're good right. but that's, in their soul. And yeah. that's, I, I think that's, uh, you know, social media... And, I mean, even talk radio can get to that point. Oh, of course. Is, is you get to the point, oh, I hate that caller, you know. So-and-so, whatever. And yeah. I'll say Red Top because I know him. Yeah. You know, Red Top, oh, he's he's a dumbass. I don't like him. It's easy to say that Until and to make to a statement him. about it. Until but you when you get to meet, you meet him and you're like, no, he's actually a really right. nice guy. I just disagree with him. Joey, you and I have been through this for oh, what, sure. oh, how five many times? years now. Yeah, right. how many times you've had disagreements, but you know, Joey or Clay, you're both coming from a great place, so it's not you know you just agree disagree with you on one issue, mm-hmm. right? And, well, and that's and something we do in business a lot, man. Especially if I've got clients that might be somewhat on the fringe. Sure, you know I haven't talked to in a while, and that's usually what happens if you haven't seen your clients or you haven't seen your supplier in a while. You kind of can get on the fringes. Man, we go to lunch, we have a beer, we have some pizza, everybody's back on the same page, everybody's happy. The only thing we did was just get back together and reconnect again. Right exactly. Now. Right. It's, um, I don't know, it's a different time is what I'm saying. We're not taking the time to sort of step back and go, whoa, things are changing really fast. Really, really fast. And it's- We need to relax for a second and stop, like... Jumping at each other's throats. It's one thing if you get pissed off at a really powerful person that you know is playing a cynical game. Mm-hmm. But when it's your neighbor, when it's that guy at the restaurant wearing the MAGA hat and you don't like Trump, just just relax That's for what a I second. don't get. It, 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 I don't get why people are at each other's I throats. I don't. I absolutely do not. It, it has become so cliche, but I think it is. it really is apropos, is, is we talk at... Right, one another instead of talking to one another. Very true. Well, and it's also like you know, people. What will, did you think about this? Ask a question and mm-hmm. let them respond, rather mm-hmm. than I'm going to tell you the answer to your question before I even ask or the, it. Or they ask the question and go, "Don't you agree?" Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, sure. I'll just save the argument. Well, sure. And also, like you look at Trump's success, or why is AOC always in the press, or like why do certain people seem to have 
a certain a different. AOC well, is I, different. And they're both Walking different. Well, right she's a plant. <laughs> she's a plant. Fair you enough. know she's a plant. <laughs> gotta be. Well, gotta be, but it's why I, by I, Trump. I, but right. it's why I picked those two examples. They're very, very different, night and day. But they both have massive social media followings. Yep. And some of it is ideology, and they're singing to their tribe, and the people in the tribe like that stuff. But there's an element to it that's so just... You left out she was smoking hot. No, and yes, but there's an element to it that's like not... You can't quite put your finger on. So, for instance, let's go back to pop music. Why is it that Thriller, you know, produced by Quincy Jones, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, brilliant song... Why is that song so popular? You can say, oh, it's this particular chord structure and the synths they used are so cool and the, the Lynn drum beat they put down all is the so hype awesome. that came with it. Just the production of it. Right, right. Everything that came with it, that was a complete package deal. But then I'll give you another story from Prince. When he made When Doves Cry, it was his first okay. massive number one hit. Right. When he showed it to his friends, when he played it for the record company, for the band members, because he, he did the song essentially by himself, they're like, what is this? That's not good. Where's the bass? It's got the what? electric spring in it, but it though, like, what? No, what is this? It and wasn't it, the prints that they were used to hearing? Or it wasn't the, they were used to hearing, or it, they just couldn't put their finger on it. This isn't any good. When it's put out to the public, though, mm-hmm. and almost every lesson in pop music history says, don't do that. Right. That's not going to be popular. It starts with this crazy, like effect on the octaves with a guitar solo and there's no bass and there's these weird echoing drums and what the what are you doing man and it's this massive hit you don't why is old town road but Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus Dude. so popular it it's a, hard to it, put your finger on it, it hit a chord man that's got that it sounds good effect and you're exactly right. There's you not can't a really... single thing you can point to right. that says, oh, it's because of this. It's like uh, Seven. Mm-hmm. To me, the bass line, when it, the uh, the cymbals, the, the, the finger cymbals, yeah. And the bass line, that makes that song good. I can point to that and say, cha-ching, See, what what kills it for me is that classic melody with the thick-layered vocals. That's what I I love about it. The vocals I like when they come in. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, it does. It's also got that. But But there's no correct answer. That's the beautiful thing. And it's not just pop music, folks. It's not just popular videos on YouTube. It's not. It is now applied to politics because politics is now being sold in the same way as all this other popular content. It's a politics or is entertainment? Yes, that's, right. that's it what it has become. Big time. Well, and and we should argue the issues in a serious way all day. But we also need, I think, conversations like this. And I wish it was more than just this humble perch here in Montgomery. I want to see more conversations nationally. People smarter than me actually stepping back and saying, all right, let's take a breath. Let's understand this moment right now. we got to hit a break, folks. Uh, Seth is going to go because Rose is so rambunctious. And Rose, are you leaving? Can I get a hug? Can I get a hug? She is so sweet. Bye. Oh, thank you. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So much sugar. Oh, that's adorable. Well, Seth, you be good. We tried. We tried. Yeah. Have a good night. But we got to hit this break, folks. a tear to my eye. That is so adorable. Uh, I remember when mine were that size. I know, Holy man. crap. Fixing to turn 22. Yeah. Life changes, doesn't it? Real quick. I can't believe I'm 30 years old. And I actually have an itch. I don't have baby fever. 
But somebody, they told me when I would start hitting 30, 31, your brain's going to change. What you care about is going to change. It has. It really has. So I guess I'm growing up. Uh, we'll figure it out. Be right back, folks. Listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Seth Spotlow had to leave. Who was that? I just heard. I'm not sure. Some woman. I don't know. I'm sorry, Eddie. Hit the wrong mic on. That's okay. Um, before we continue, man, I do want to get to something because something actually in the halls of Congress did piss me off. Um, and I I just want to react to it. Oh, no, not you. Joey. I'll try exactly. to explain why I'm so pissed. But before we get there, um, Eddie. You've got you are blowing and going, man. Yeah, like you are hot right uh, now with really the market. Think, yeah, the market's doing good, man. I'm getting listings left and right, which is great. Yeah, uh, got a new listing this week uh, in Arrowhead. Actually, we'll be putting on the market tonight when I get home. A nice four bedroom house with a pool. It's a great place for you, Joey. Yeah, it's a great really? place for you and your future bride. That's a good neighborhood. Several road rides. Yeah, and it's in the back there on Creek Drive. Really great part of Arrowhead. Uh, and then we got Greg's house. Uh, we'll do a little more promotion with that. And then I also have an open house this week at uh, on Sunday at 768 Williamson Road. We've got okay. a three-bedroom, two-bath, beautiful move-in ready home. It's got uh, a big, giant family room. But one of the best things about it, it's got a shop out back, over 1,000 square foot shop. Okay. You can use for anything you wow. want. Be the world's nicest man cave. Or you can work on cars, whatever you want. There's it. also a place over in Capitol Heights on Capitol Avenue. Yes, 2023 Capitol Avenue. You got like hardwood, laminate, floor, and granite countertops. I love the gas stove top. Yes. That way you can cook a proper steak at the right heat. Yep. Um, the great bathrooms have, be re- have been refinished. The master mm-hmm. bedrooms and bathrooms a great setup. So if folks are looking into these listings or more, want to put their home on the market, how do they give you a call? Sure, they can give me a call at 322-0662. You can check us out on the web. We're at thegoodsongroup.com. And I've got a Facebook page out there. Eddie Sells Houses, I believe is the name of it. But check that out as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll get it right. <laughs> One day I'll get it right, I promise. <laughs> oh, well, Clint has been very patient for whatever reason. Hey, Clint. Where's, where's Williams Monroe? Williamson Road is on, over Lagoon Park area. Okay. Right. Lagoon Park. Hey, Clint. Pecan Grove? Yep, Pecan Grove. Okay. What's gotcha. up, Clint? Where is Williamson Road? Over in Pecan Grove, uh, walking distance to Lagoon Park. Uh, I know where that is. Man, I call, I listen to you guys. Man, y'all just went to a fork and took a left turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you started talking about Mel Tillis, why he got, he stuttered. And get in, uh, he get a guitar and he can sing perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call about. But uh, then you guys just went off, went across the horizon. 
I try to. It's <laughs> what I do, Clint. But uh, you can talk about whatever you want to. Yeah, you went across there rising. Well, what I was going to say about Mel, I mean, I was going to get into uh, that has to do with psychology, uh, psychiatrists, mm-hmm. and, your, and your subconscious. And uh, that's what most people don't understand is your subconscious. This is like you talking on this show. Your subconscious is speaking to you, but you don't realize it. Well, and I, what I try to do on some nights, not every night, is let some of that out. Just stream of consciousness. And, yes, there's a lot going on in my mind that I'm not conscious of. It's it's there, and it's influencing me, but that's kind of what we're talking about. So you've, yes, joined you us, you've joined us on our journey across the horizon. Oh, I have enjoyed it greatly. Uh, I took psychiatry in uh, Troy University. Okay. And I took hypnosis. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. and, uh, so your subconscious and him, they they tie in together. Yeah, I mean very quickly. Yeah, and really there don't. are there's. I've never been hypnotized. I'm not saying I couldn't be, but there are certain people that it's difficult to be hypnotized. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, you can hypnotize yourself. I learned how to do that. I'd love yeah. that. That'd be. I'd love to be able to hypnotize myself. Yeah, yeah no, uh, but, man, so. I'm enjoying your show. I want to talk. You know, you guys just went off. The, Across the mountaintop. I said, whoa, how do I keep up with this? But I'm trying. <laughs> well, please. Please do. Thank you, Clint. Thank you. Enjoy your program, man. Later. Later. Hey, you got to sharpen your pencil if you want to keep up with this program. Pretty much. Let's see who this is online, too. News Talk, you're on there. Who's oh, this? Blind. Hey, Joe, it's Josh. Hey, Josh, how you doing, man? Josh, oh. H? Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm faring pretty well, actually, heading up uh, back to y'all's neck of the woods. Nice. Really? So nice. Like, yeah, yeah, getting away from that old beach scene for a little bit, get on the tractor. But, yeah, I, I'd absolutely agree with Clint. Uh, we went from music, uh, which y'all made very valid points. You know, that's why they have all the little jingles and everything else. You hear a little dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, you think McDonald's. And mm-hmm. Gets in that, there, sneaks know. in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a great marketing strategy. But, uh, yeah, man, I was most, most likely, uh, likely, more or less likely calling to, you know, say hello and let you know we're still listening to you and doing a great job, man, when I can catch you in the afternoon. Well, I appreciate it. And if you use podcasts, subscribe to the podcast, give me a five-star rating, please. We'll do it, Joe. Yeah. What's, do you have a particular podcast app you use? I, I I use Podbean is what I've been using when I you know have time to listen to a podcast. It might be on Podbean. I don't know, but if it's not, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all those. Yeah, Sound SoundCloud's the one I use. Yeah, SoundCloud. the most. I check my stats. I've seen you listening. I, <laughs> I know right. things. Yeah. Is it Joey, certain times you, in the morning you, that you've you you been listen? watching me? Yeah, <laughs> stalking it when I'm in the. I've show. been watching you watching me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quick uh, trivia for you. You know the McDonald's commercials you were talking about. You know who wrote most of those McDonald's commercials? Hmm. Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. Really? Yeah, yeah man. He was. Wow. He, he made wrote his money. Lots yep. of jingles. Yep. And now, but this is the most pressing question, Josh. Yes, sir. What are you cooking at the farm when you get up there this weekend? Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, wow. Well, yeah, it's kind of like because it's so, your job, yeah. you don't want to do it. You're taking off this weekend. Everybody's having sandwiches. So I won't yeah. be getting any pictures of on Facebook of, of this delicious fare that you make on a daily occasion this weekend. Uh well, I wouldn't necessarily say that because I'm going to eat me a big, fat, juicy steak either way around. Oh, well, right. there you go. But, uh, yeah, guys, uh, like I said, I just want to call in and say hello while I was making my travels. And like I say, keep keep up the good work, Joey. I'll, um, I'll find that rating system and definitely sing my praises. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it, Josh. All right, guys. Bye. Have a good one. Now, I, I do want to touch on this thing that, that well, it ticked me off. Like, and I, I think it ticks me off because I don't like anybody, but especially when it's politicians with power. Well, yeah, just I don't like people in general. But I don't like it when people, whether they have a lot of power and they're self-important politicians looking to serve and save the world or just somebody in your everyday life when they try to save you from yourself. Now, there is a role for if you love someone, tough love is actual love. Like, just loving somebody isn't just always being nice and kind and agreeable. No, sometimes you have to push the issue if you really love somebody and say, I don't think you're doing good for yourself. Fair enough. But that's not exactly what the politicians yesterday were suggesting. They had the CEO of Juul in front mm-hmm. of them. You know, Juul? It's the vaporizer. The singer? Yep. No. <laughs> Jill? Who will she she had some really good hits. She did. She did. I like Jill. She was pretty good song. looking, too. Yeah. Beautiful woman. I talented like woman. Yeah, I, I love Jill. No, but J-U-U-L. Jewel. Oh, no. It, it's a, It's one of the it's many... Too old to know that. Yeah, one of the many companies that are putting out uh, fairly like cheap... And stuff you know, like vaporizers. That. And what vaporizers oh, have yeah, mostly have done for people, I've seen it work for people in my own life that I know personally, uh, it helps them get off a worse tobacco addiction. Yep. So whether it's cigarettes or this crap that I keep, you were right, Southernwood. I stopped for two months. I got over the chemical hook. Oh, then I went on a long car ride, and it triggered oh, a psychological yeah. hook. And That's it. Then That's I, the one that gets you. I'm back yeah. on it. Um, but I had to host. But the vaporizer I was no part of this. I, I denied him many times. Really? He was like, oh, "Give me just a pinch," and I'm like, "No, no, no you were a good I'm, friend, and then you I'm, gave me that tough love." I did. But millions of Americans have been able to get off cigarettes, get off dip, get off chewing tobacco, mm-hmm. all sorts of things yep. by going to the vaporizer. And then what you can do beautifully with the vaporizer is reduce the nicotine intake all the way to the point of where you're just smoking the flavor. Yep. And then, to, well, I'm not going to even use the vaporizer anymore. I've known many people have done that. Some people enjoy mm-hmm. not just the nicotine. People enjoy the inhaling. Like, it's a nervous tick. Yep. Like, so if you're writing or whatever, there are certain habits people build yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And you like having uh, that thing. And so I think it's been a great service. And you would think the folks that have had all these campaigns against smoking for years would celebrate this new technology being brought to bear to help people get off these cancer-causing... No, 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 of course not. Now we must go back to the classic argument of think about the children. Putting it towards the kids, man. Marketing towards the kids. And there's this one guy 
I can't remember his name. I just heard the clip. Who said, you, sir, are the worst of the Bay Area. You're the worst of the worst getting people hooked on this poison. And I really, maybe one day I'll be invited up to Congress to be a witness at one of their hearings. If they're looking for a nice afternoon where they talk down to people, it would be a big mistake to invite me. Because at one point, I would love... Whether I know the CEO of CEO of Jewel has to play ball, he doesn't want his company essentially shut down and heavily regulated. Exactly what they were going to do, and that's what they're doing now. Yeah. They've got all oh, the FDA's looking into this stuff. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. He's not paying the right person, man. With these moral busybodies, who, in the names of some of my friends, Anthony Davies and James Harrigan, have become moral busy bullies, are now looking to save us from ourselves. Yep. Or a product that has actually helped people change their habits for the better. So I just one day would love to see somebody get so fed up and get emotional and say, you know what, sir, congressman, respectfully, shove it up your ass. Oh, gavel hit, gavel hit, sir, you better refrain. No, I have nothing but contempt, so you might as well hold me in contempt. I'm tired of this. You do not have my respect. You're not serving anybody but yourself and your agenda in this moment. Well, I just some and I'm trying to understand why does that piss me off so much? When I see these hypocrisy, folks, dude. It's just hypocrisy. It's not necessarily hypocrisy because I've learned that it's just you know, par for the course. Yeah. We're all in some degree inconsistent and it's a virtue in politics. It's, no, and I think you alluded to it earlier. It is when people tell you how you're supposed to live your life, I think it really, I mean, that's the thing mm. that her is like, now, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not, you know, doing heroin. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, drinking and driving. Right. right. I'm not, you know, doing anything that's hazardous to other people. Anything that I'm doing is only affecting my only health. I'm not asking the government to take care of me. I pay my own insurance. I pay for my own doctor bills. Leave me the mm-hmm. alone. alone. Yeah. You know, let me live my life. If right. you don't like it, that's fine. You can come to me and you can talk to me and say, hey, you know what, Clay? I- you probably shouldn't right. be doing this. You can try to persuade me. Yeah. I'm cool with that. It, it's just like... But it uh, seems like a threat more often than not. When but saying, oh, we need to found this committee, and this committee needs to decide whether or not Clay can go to the state store and buy well, and a fifth of vodka, well, or whether Clay can, yeah. can have a vaporizer. No, no. Clay can decide that for himself. Screw you. Let me live my oh, own but life. But Clay, right. we're not worried about this. Is, I think this is what pisses me off. What Clay, about, we're not worried about you. But you're drinking, we're worried about the children. Your your <laughs> your sugar intake is too high and it's affecting your kids. Right. You know, and Joey, even though you don't have kids, one day you might have kids. Right. So it, it, your habits are going to be passed on to them. So don't do that. That's mine and your choice. Be oh my god. Imagine this concept. That's our own decision to live our life the way we want to live it. Oh, my God. You might make wrong decisions, though. Oh, no! 
Isn't that why God gave us free will? So we can make our own decisions. Clay can make decisions for Clay. I can make decisions for myself. Well, my favorite. Joey can yeah. make decisions for well, Joey. And I love the line on free will because you just brought it up. Uh, of course we have free will. We have no choice in the matter. Right. <laughs> no choice but to have free yeah. will. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great irony. It goes back to us talking about that you mentioned that- earlier. The brain knows so much, but it doesn't really know itself. That's the amazing thing about what we are. Um, And I I don't know. I just look from that perspective at the people who would wield power. And no, they're not trying to persuade you. They are trying to bully people into behaving a certain way. That's what it is at the end of the day. I think it just, I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies that are even well-intentioned. I like people that say, you know what, I don't think you're doing the right thing. But if that's your choice, that's That's your your, choice. And that seems to be out the window in the political arena. And I think it comes down to we have become so soft. That mm. And, and I, agree I, with you, I use soft rather than another word. Right. But we have become way too that, soft. That uh, female kitty cat might be mm. called. Mm-hmm. We have become so soft that it's not that we don't want Joey to make his own decisions. We don't want Joey to hurt. <laughs> right, no suffering. Yes. Or, we we want Joey to make his own decisions, but we don't want him to have any consequences see, but, because of his decisions. Uh, but, so we're going to say, Joey, you can't do that. You can't you can't use tobacco because it might hurt you. Right. I'm of the opinion, Joey, you really shouldn't be dipping snuff, but if you want to do that, you end up right. getting mouth cancer and your chin rots off. That's you. You know, that's, that's you. your choice. Mm-hmm. You made the choice, and you suffer the consequences right, right. of, of making that choice. choice. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. And I've also learned, you know, vices like drinking and tobacco and stuff aren't a great example of this. But I've learned that most things in life, whether it's a great career or making a great creative work, whether writing or music, or it's getting a better body, being fit, these sorts of things, or building a great relationship over the long term, whether it's you know platonic, good friendship, or it's a romantic relationship, whatever it is, you're going to suffer a little bit if you want something very much worthwhile. Certainly. And, and here's my next question. It's good for you. Yeah. Here's my next question. Who makes the decision on the poor choices we make on what to inject into our our body, whether it be through, you know, yeah, eat or what have you? Who makes the decision on what is and is not good and bad for you? How many people do we have in this country, this country, that are diabetic because they eat too much high fructose corn syrup syrup, Mm -hmm. and too much sugar? Yep. So... uh, why is there not this great big campaign about don't let your children eat sugar? Don't let them have high fructose corn syrup. Well, that brings up what we were talking about earlier, I think, on Greg's show. When you said, you know, a lady uh, was about 14 weeks pregnant. They thought she was a little bit pregnant, and they yeah. served her. And, and the question was, would we stop it, not stop it? What What if you have someone ter- severely obese, and they order the Parmesan, extra Parmesan chicken, you know, oh, Italian meal? Yeah. And, do you, do you then say, well, I'm looking out for your best interest? I think not. No. I think not. No, you, you don't. Um, it, it comes down to personal responsibility, and I'm pretty consistent on this. That, 
pretty con- maybe I have a blind spot somewhere and people could test me, but I'm pretty consistent, almost to the point of being callous, that if you make very poor decisions, there's, of course, bad luck and terrible circumstances. Sure, you can make sure. all the right choices in life and still end up, you know, with tragedy. Fair enough. But you can also make bad decisions, the wrong decisions, and end up in tragedy. And at that point, you have to look in the mirror and go, that yeah, I contributed to this. Right. I mean, if you can't look at yourself and the situation and, and know exactly how you put yourself there, then you're not being honest with yourself. Right. I mean, well, and it'll shit. make you better if you right. do, uh, go through that process. And I just, I find so often that the politicians want to use the children as an excuse to restrict yeah. adults to where in it and also the definition of who is a child keeps expanding to where now your your daughter you said 22 yeah since well she's 21 she, i mean she's approaching 20 she's closer to 22 than she is 21 but she's and not adult. and people would call her a child right but, but she's, she's not a, a child point. no she's not she's, she's an adult. she's a young adult She's especially coming from Clay's family. She's been an adult for a while. Uh, my next one is 17. She'll be 18 in November. She will be an adult. Yeah. yeah. And when in my house, when you're 18, when you're legal, you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I've, I've raised them to the point, and, I, and Lauren and I, Lauren more than me, I mean... Well, and on this topic... And you're about to go there. I, we're running out of time. I want to give a movie recommendation. Have you all seen the movie Thank You for Smoking? Yes, I have. One I've of my seen that. favorite yes. movies. Yes, it's like movie. a dark comedy. And there's this. he's a lobbyist for Big Tobacco. Yep. And he's essentially, like, they they wheel out. It's, it's very funny. It's very, very funny. Going through all the steps. But at the end, movie. they're like, okay, sir, you know, you know about the dangers of cigarettes, Mr. Naylor, and your son's about to be 18, 19. Uh, what would you do with him? And he said, well, he said, oh, I'd tell him about the risks, but if he uh, really decides he wants to do it, I'll buy him his first pack. And the politicians are like, <gasps> how could you? Well, it's called freedom assets. Thank you. Yeah. And we should cherish it, even if well, it doesn't always have the best result in suffering. And that, to finish my thought, so that nobody thinks I'm just a terrible human being, my second, she's got the choice, if she still wants to live under my rules, sure. she she can live with me forever. Sure. But once she hits 18, it's her choice. It's not that she's demanded. These are the rules that you have to follow. Now it's it's your choice. Right. You choose which rules you want to live under.